America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. And today's raids ended with nine arrests and 17 You thought it was bad then. of illegal drugs. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. A dirty war. Reagan. Sanctioned that motherfucker was smuggling coke to pay for the war in Nicaragua. Kill them. Yeah, you heard that right. Freeway Ricky Ross, that whole story. Get yourself educated. Did you know, hey Dave, did you know the CIA shipped in thousands of pounds of fucking cocaine in the 1980s and 90s? Nope. They did. For why? Because they helped arm the Contras down in Nicaragua. The secret war we were funding through cocaine money. Freeway Ricky Ross out in, he was out in L.A. and out on the West Coast, got busted. He was bringing in like a million dollars a day or something, selling coke, or selling crack. Fuck. Supplied by the CIA. You got to read the documents. You got to read the documents. Oh, for sure. I, I will. I'll check them out. That's what's up. So anyways, welcome to episode 10. It's the Daily Addict Podcast with Tim and Dave. Check us out at Twitter at Daily Addict Show. Give us a follow. Episode 10. Episode 10. Just think, man. It's like everything's top 10. The Ten Commandments. (laughs) Ten ways to, you know. (laughs) Ten ways to do everything. There's always 10 ways. There's a Roman numeral after it. 10 is important. So, with no further ado, uh, let's just cover our first story tonight, man. Fuck all the bullshit. Let's do it. Let's start it. I'm here. I'm right here. This is about... This is from Time. And this is... uh, This is crazy, if you you think about it. The U.S. sent its most advanced fighter jets to blow up cheap opioid labs, opium labs... And now it's canceling the program. Um, and it's got a picture of a, looks like an Afghani. He's got a little tool in his hand. He's going through his opium fields. Cleaning his poppies. I don't know what he's doing here. Oh, uh, the farmer harvests opium sap from the poppy field. Uh, April 19th, 2016. So they show him. After hundreds of airstrikes failed to curtail the Taliban's $200 million a year opium trade. I question that number. I highly question it. Two hundred million? That ain't shit. No. There's a trillion dollars in, in opioids and opium going around in heroin and fentanyl and everything. That's Trillions. like the, the biggest producer is the Middle East right yeah, there. Yeah, it so. says it right here. It says uh the US military quietly ended a year long campaign that targeted drug labs and networks laced around the Afghan countryside. The end of the operation, code named Tempest comes as Trump administration officials engage in direct peace talks with Taliban leaders that can end a 17-year-old war. So they're going to let them grow their drugs now. Is that, you know, Trump struck a deal or something. Their administration struck a deal. You can grow your opium. That's okay. And I'm all right with that. I I might sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm cool. Cool with that. The U.S. military first began targeting Taliban narcotic facilities with airstrikes and special operation raids in November 2017. 
when opium production jumped to record highs in Afghanistan. At the same time, U.S. commanders estimated the Taliban operated up to 500 drug labs, which helped fuel a nearly two-decade-long insurgency. So, the U.S. warplanes launched more than 200 strikes aimed at disabling Taliban narcotics production. That's a lot of money. It is. The U.S. has spent $8.9 billion in the counter-narcotics effort effort since 2001 in that country. $8.9 billion, dude, to destroy their drugs. Like just, 17 years. Just for $200 million. Half worth. a billion a year. Half a billion a year, dude. They spent on that. It's fucking ridiculous. You know what they could do with that half a billion a year to fight fucking heroin production? What's that? They could do anything. <laughs> they can open up Clinton. Dude, you could. These people that have addictions, man, you can open, You can give them a place to live. Give them, give them something to do. It's true. You could take the homeless off the street. You could do something good with that money. Where did it get us? That's my que- that's my real question. I might not have a solution, but I have a que- but I do answer the question that they could do something better with that money. That's my fucking stance. I'm sticking to it. Meanwhile, opium production in Afghanistan hit record highs in the past two years. The UN reported 1,000 square miles of poppy cultivation. Dude, 1,000 square miles. It's a lot of opium. That's 100 miles by 100 miles of just opium. That's crazy. So, if you guys can imagine that, take where you live, drive 100 miles away, in one direction, turn right, drive a hundred miles again, turn right, drive a hundred miles again. That's the that's the amount of area that they're producing opium in fucking Afghanistan. Do you, how much do you of how much do you think of that comes directly here? Well, probably probably like sixty percent. I'll bet. Maybe not directly. Well, it's 60% of their income, 65% of the Taliban's income. Taliban. <laughs> Taliban. I call it Taliban. That's, you know. We 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 got to take them down, which obviously we have. But I think these farmers over in Afghanistan, I think that uh I think that they're they're doing this. They've been doing this as a way of life for for centuries, probably growing this. Do you think a farmer in Afghanistan makes all that money to to do that, or do you think like he's run? It's like a crime syndicate, like it is here, like it is in Mexico and everywhere else. Like, I don't know, man. You watch you watch the programs on TV, and the farmers make very little money, like pennies. That's crazy. We were spending $35,000 per flight hour on the uh, high-end F-22 fighters that were blowing up their fields. So could you imagine the guy sitting there? He's not making shit. 
He's paying it all to somebody else. And here comes some jets flying over, dude, dropping napalm all over his shit. (laughs) His goats are going crazy. His kids are fucking yelling. Hopefully they didn't, like, wipe out people, too, in that. You think they did that? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, well, if it's Taliban. Taliban. Yeah. If it's Taliban uh, people, then, yeah, they probably took them out. Two, Two for one. Two for twofer but they just drove drove up the price here is all they did so let's go on to the next next uh story here it's always you always wonder how we're spending our money in the military and how we spend our money for defense you always hear about these things they have 700 hundred dollar vests and they should have the best equipment ever but you hear these stories about them taking pallets of money over to iraq and giving it to contractors to rebuild you know, schools and hospitals and stuff. But you never hear really about the military destroying drug fields. They don't really run those stories. But no. I know that they did it in Colombia too. Like the innocent people, not just like, you know, Colombia is different than Afghanistan, obviously. They don't have a big uh, terrorist organization. They probably label drug dealers as terrorists. But... Just weird. So, anyways, like I said, next story. WCJB ABC News. Federal investigators seize over 220 pounds of cocaine in a California in California drug bust. This is more than one bust. But um, they seized the cocaine during two separate busts last month. They found 200 pounds on a refrigerated produce cargo vessel arriving from Ecuador. They had 80 80 bundles, bundles, 80 bundles were hidden in the ship's floorboards um, from Ecuador. That's kind of weird. Not too many from Central America, usually from South America, but a week later, seven bundles weighing... 17.5 pounds were found in a similar ship arriving from Guatemala. Investigators said these busts together marked the largest seizure at Port... What is that? Humini? In a quarter century. So the point of this story is... You have the largest seizure here at this port. And a lot of these stories we're covering... Are the largest... In that area. A couple weeks ago we had the largest meth bust. It was like 17 17 tons. 1.29 billion dollars of meth. We had tons of cocaine. That's been found. That's been you know busted. Fentanyl. 175,000 doses of heroin in Philadelphia. These people had. A couple episodes ago. All these mammoth busts. And this is one of them. Biggest bust ever. In California, 200 pounds. Is that ringing? I mean, is that ringing any alarms with anybody? No. No, it's not? No. These these record drug busts, and there's no decline. So how do you think we should stop these these people bringing drugs in? Would it be taking some of this drug war money, giving it to the poor people in those countries? You think they would stop trying to ship the drugs over 
I mean, obviously, they're trying to make money to to feed themselves and families, and you know. Sometimes, sometimes I think that's it. But I think if you take that same amount of money and you plug it into our education or something having to do with us, you won't have so many people addicted to drugs. Like if you give people, and and if you take some of the money, educate people about drugs at an early age and be honest about it. Don't just say, you know, drugs are bad, don't do drugs. You know, explain what the drugs do. And if you, you know, you have to have that conversation, I think eventually that, you know, it's just like, don't do drugs, say no to drugs, drugs are bad. You're going to do drugs. This is how you do drugs, these drugs and these drugs and different sets of drugs or whatever. And this is what they're used for. And these are the dangers of them. And this is, you don't take them unless um, you know what you're doing, I guess. But I don't think it's just giving the money to the poor people of the other countries. I don't know, man. Trillion dollars would go pretty far. We could do what you're talking about and help eliminate some of the uh, traffic coming in. There's some flaw to that number. Now, what you're, are you talking about the total number of of dollars spent on the drug war? Yes. Okay. I'll tell you why that number is a low number. Because it does not cover the inflation from when they started the drug war. So back when Nixon started the drug war, the dollar was only worth, the dollar was much more valuable. You know, if you had that dollar today, the drug war would probably be double that amount what they spend. You know what I mean? Like today's dollars week, you're spending much more money for the same result. If you had, if you added that with inflation to today's money, they spent way more than a trillion dollars on that shit, man. Way more. And then if you talk about all the local governments and all the, the people making money off of, uh, prisons, prisons, then you're getting into a lot of money, you get into a lot of money. Um, there's a lot of ways to make money off the drug war. Yeah. More than just the drugs. So what if they, what if you legalize the drugs and tax them? Is that, that's another solution. I'm not saying that's the right one, but let's say this is the wildest shit. You legalize cocaine and you make it only, you can only sell so much. You can only buy so much, only a certain power, only a certain whatever. I don't even know how it's, the strength of it is measured like this is the purest Coke. I don't think that would work, man. Why not? Black market would take over again. Why am I going to pay a tax on something when I can get it for this for cheaper? Well, it's going to drive the prices down, though. It will drive the right, prices down. Right, it will down. drive them down on the black market, but that's yeah, not. It will drive them down all over. But you'll eradicate a lot of these, uh, you'll eradicate a lot of these deaths and a lot of these robberies because now you got a way for law enforcement to be involved. So if somebody steals some fucking Coke from me, I could call the cops now cause it's legal. Or if somebody don't pay me money, I can sue them now. You know, right now the whole drug trade is so black market, obviously that if you legalize them, it'll bring a lot of things to light, but that's only one way to look at it. I don't even know if that would fucking work, dude, legalize that. That means you'd have to legalize, you know, methamphetamine, that's an uncomfortable conversation to have. I don't know, man. Like, like meth is total different, man. I mean, you, you can make that shit with your kitchen chemicals. And I mean, there's, there, there's some drugs that are safer than others, I guess. You know so do I mean? you think, all right, here's a question. Then we're talking about meth. 
do you think meth would have even been invented like methamphetamine, the way they make it with all these chemicals you can find in stores? Do you think that even would have been invented had people had access to cocaine? No. And cocaine's like derived from a natural plant. Right. I mean, and here goes this this thing too. I mean, you want to legalize marijuana, which is a plant. Well, not cocaine. That's a plant. Heroin, that's a plant, right? Opium. I think most the drugs that are invented that are manufactured are derived from some sort of plant. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a botanist. But I'm just saying, it just seems to me that... You play one on TV, though. I do. I do. Either way, let's go to the next story. Let's go to the next story, man. Fuck that shit. We got deep into that, into that cruddy drug war. All right. We're going to this one. Michigan drug trafficking kingpin sentenced to 42 years. Is that Berg or Bergy? Because it sounds Burge. weird. Burge. Burge said the evidence presented at the trial proved Castro to be a lead California-based drug distributor responsible for sending heroin and cocaine to Grand Rapids, Indianapolis, and Kansas. This is on WZZM13.com. On your side. <laughs> on your side. So they're on our side right now. This is interesting because this is actually coming from the Grand Haven Tribune um, that Alex Castro was sentenced in federal court in Grand Rapids to 42 years in prison. Is that even fair? I don't know. Let's see what he did. Uh, for conspiring to distribute cocaine and heroin. That's all he did, then no, it's not fair. Sometimes they catch him on some murder shit, some tax evasion. Castro was the lead defendant in a 20-defendant conspiracy that began in 2013 and continued until they arrested all of them in 2017. Um, The jury convicted him in October. So they convicted this guy in October, and then he... um, Let's see. The evidence presented that he led the California-based drug distributor responsible for sending heroin and cocaine uh, cocaine to Grand Rapids through a series of trap cars, semi-trucks, custom-made concealed compartments, and car trailers. He employed multiple drivers and maintained his drug distribution deliveries even while in prison for the federal supervised release violation in 2016. So, he provided jobs. <laughs> Uh, the conviction was a result of a multi-agency federal and state investigation Um, looks like they did it for a year with some wiretaps they probably just tapped right into their cell phones and shit so easy to do that nowadays fuck you only got to tap it you just call the the carrier now and say hey I I want yeah he's a kingpin they they hand that shit right over they do that's a fucking problem, dude. That is. You have your right to your privacy. Whether you're a kingpin <laughs> or a fucking small fry, fucking drug dealer, a good guy, bad guy, you have your right to privacy. Um, 24 defendants were convicted as a result of this investigation. And investigators seized 30 kilos of heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl, multiple pounds of marijuana, 
some kilogram presses, 1.3 million in proceeds, bulletproof vests, handguns, assault rifles. Wow. Yeah, he seemed like he was a leader right here in Michigan. Right here in Michigan, man. Right in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids is not a place that I would suspect has a lot of drug use. Maybe there's college there and stuff, but it just seems like a, you know, modern city with a lot of opportunity. And it just seems like when you have that, when you have a good economy and some education going on, you you know, maybe, maybe they just know how to party and not get fucked up. Right. If you're cool like that, you know how to party and not get fucked up. But some people aren't. Next story. Doctor gets three years for trading drugs for sex. Nice. What the hell in the Lauren Burger Exchange? Dot com. Dot <laughs> com. Dot com. Go check it out. We'll be tweeting it. A uh, North Carolina doctor has been sentenced to three years in federal prison for giving female patients drugs such as Percocet. And what is that one? Clonzepin. Okay. In exchange for sex. The Charlotte Observer reports Michael Elson Smith was sentenced Thursday, having pleaded guilty last year to charges that included health care fraud. So... He was uh, trading drugs for sex with patients, and then he also billed the Medicaid and Medicare for reimbursement. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, if you're going to do it, man, do it. Do it right. I mean, jeez. His license of practice was revoked after he admitted to having sex with two patients to one whom didn't consent. So he's a rapist. He didn't get charged. He didn't get charged for rape. Maybe he drugged her up. <laughs> that would still be rape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't. I'm just saying maybe she don't remember all the way or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, then how? How would they know? I don't uh, know. The they fuck, got, man? They got scientific ways. <laughs> <laughs> they got scientific ways to tell. I don't know, man. Fuck this story. He only Yeah, he only paid 3500 in restitution. And he's going to serve two years of supervised release after completing his sentence. So this kind of fucked up because I didn't realize that this guy, one, didn't consent to having sex with him. And the other one, he traded drugs for some Percocets or whatever. Um, I think this is just another failure. I still blame this on the drug war. whether it's a drug dealer or or a doctor giving prescriptions for sex i still blame it on that i don't know how you'd get away from something like this other than you know if you're an addict and you're going to the doctor um just watch out for watch out for the doctor you're going to i I mean if you're going there for for pills i mean I would think everybody's responsible in a way. You know, you're going there for for pills, knowing you want pills, and, I mean, you'll have sex with the doctor for them. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. 
Well, the one person did it. Will it was a willing exchange, right? There should be no charge there. So there should there should be no charge there. <laughs> but he it. charged Medicaid, right? <laughs> well, I mean, so he frauded our government. No, not not well, he, necessarily. Yes, because he back did. in the day, the old days, they used to do that shit for medical practices. Barter? Are you saying barter? No, they used to like insert stuff. Oh, 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 oh. I mean. Oh? Yeah, I don't know what you mean, insert stuff. Dude, I forgot the name of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it out right now. You can move to the next story. Okay, I'm going go to know. The, I'm gonna go to the next story, but I think we discussed this one enough, and there's no need to keep covering it. We have one last story for you on episode 10, and this is um, by Zahir, com. And this is a story that is actually pro-DAP material here. Has the decade-old war on drugs in Asia succeeded? Um, The data shows that the brutal anti-drug policies have failed to curb drug trade and use across Asia. And, you know, this is by a pair of uh, journalists or bloggers that uh, Claudia Stokas... Stokeskew and Gideon Lasco. I gotta applaud you for this article. You know, this is these these are the kind of article. These are the th- questions we should be asking, and that's the way you should be framing it. And you know, just coming right into it because people want to know. Um, the war on drugs in Asia has been going on for over a decade, and they have death penalties for drugs in China, and they have a real bloody drug war in the Philippines. I'm sure you're educated about this and if you're not um see last episodes we talk about it almost every episode that would be that caxucka de dirte rodrigo de dirte that president over there who's a spineless piece of shit and has no compassion for anybody nobody and he said he would be happy to kill three million people that are addicted to drugs in the philippines so fuck him we can say that in America. Fuck you. So anyway. Um, and the Philippines and, and China. They've killed 27,000 people. And they're going to brutal measures on this thing. And next month. The Commission on Narcotic Drugs. Will convey in Vienna. Uh, convene in Vienna. To evaluate progress. When the officials sit down for discussions. They should not shy away from asking the tough questions. And it goes right in. This article goes into brutal policies are failing. Amongst the harshest penalties in the war on drugs is mandatory death for drug trafficking. In the past decade, 4,000 people globally were executed for for drug offenses. Half of all countries uh, worldwide that impose capital punishment for drug crimes are in Asia. So the Asians, they just are really into that fucking mind control, man. They just really... They really want to send a message and they think that you are really worthless. They look, if you have any immoral impurities that allow you to be addicted to something or you have a problem with something or say you're even using it responsibly, say you're even selling it responsibly. There's such thing as selling it responsibly. <laughs> there is. Seriously. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. If you if 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 you're selling say there's say you're poor as fuck and your only opportunity in life 
to do the basic things, which is eat, which is sleep in a warm bed. And your only opportunity is to sell like meth. (laughs) That's a a bad example, man. No, I'm serious. (laughs) If you're in the Philippines and it's like super expensive and you're, you're dirt ass poor. Yeah. But how do you sell meth safely? Responsibly. You don't sell it to kids. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, you don't, you know, no, I don't know. <laughs> you don't sell it to kids. That's one. That's one. I gave you one example. All right, all right. Another example is uh, you may, you know, if somebody has a, a real problem, you might even be like, hey, slow down on that <laughs> shit. <laughs> When's the last time you heard that from a drug dealer, man? That's what, I, that's what we need to change. That's what I'm saying. Well, let's I change that shit, man. <laughs> Anybody that deals out there. Listen, man, we're going to make a better world. So anyways, uh, this article goes on to talk about President President Duterte. Um, not my president. Not my president. Fuck him. He, uh, he's been killing people for a long time. Um, so they talk about that. They also talk about Malaysia and Singapore, where they condone caning, whipping, lashing, flogging. <laughs> What the fuck's flogging? What the fuck is flogging? Hold on. We got to. You guys know what flogging is right off the bat. You're on to this shit. I don't know what flogging is. Flogging, a punishment in which the victim is hit repeatedly with a whip. Wouldn't that be the same thing as whipping then? Or a stick. (laughs) Or a stick, it says. So. All right. We'll get we'll let them we'll let them get off on that flogging. Um, students, so in the Philippines, check this out. Students undergo mandatory drug testing at a great cost to the underfunded educational system. So we're not going to give you any food, but we're going to drug test your ass when you're in school. Um, drug offenders make up fifty to seventy percent of total prison population in Indonesia, Thailand. Clogging up prisons that are already above capacity. In Thailand, a staggering 80% of the 47,000 women in prison are incarcerated for a drug offense, usually nonviolent, like possession or personal use. Now, that's a bunch of bullshit. That is. That right there, we can cut that right out. If you are caught with a usable amount and you are a, an addict to putting you in prison and costing the state thousands and thousands of dollars is not the fucking answer. I think it'd be cheaper to pay for rehab and shit for them instead, man. It would be cheaper to probably house them in a nice place that they could fucking be, you know, get their life going again. Right. (laughs) You're going to put them in a place where you got to watch them 24 seven, where you got to fucking feed them, where you got to take care of them. Why don't you do it in a healthier environment? These are nonviolent people. How much money does it cost to flog somebody? Don't cost shit. <laughs> cost a stick and an opportunity. Some bamboo, some fucking sh- and some. What do they call the? What do they call ice over there? They call it shamu, don't they? They call it shamu. <laughs> shamu or, or shamu. They call it shamu. Get the shamu and the bamboo. Shabu. <laughs> shamu. Get the shamu and the bamboo. <sighs> All that. right. So China launched its war on drugs and opened. Uh, the detention facilities. So they got detention and facilities um, 
where they imprison you if you're a drug user and then you get reeducated and then introduced to force to labor. So they catch you smoking a joint. They're like, come with me. You're going to print out all these fake Dr. Dre beats pills. <laughs> and gift wrap every single one. <laughs> gift wrap. That's your punishment. 12 hours a day making fake. Yeah. Chinese goods. That's fucked up. So the UN agencies, uh, academics and uh, civil society for employing forced labor, torture and other abuses of human rights, such as facilities remain prevalent in Cambodia, China, Laos, Malaysia, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, in all them countries. As of 2014, 450,000 people were being held in such centers. So they fucking, but they put, you, they force you in a prison and they force you to do labor. So, what's the prison population in the U.S.? I think it's ten percent of the. I think I'm pretty sure it's ten percent of the. Uh, I think it's ten percent of our population. Uh, we could just look up percentage of. Uh, um. 2.2 million people are incarcerated. And how many did you say that they had? 450,000 between all them little countries. Oh, that ain't shit. Yeah, dude, but they're in they're they're not in prison. They're in places that they force you to work. They're they're little centers. They're different than prison. They're like little they call them incarceration. I, under- they call? I understand that. But we only got 324 million people here. True. And yet we got two point, almost 2.3 million people incarcerated. True. Cost, it cost us $74 billion or more a year. Damn. That's a lot. And I'll bet you 70% of those are just low-level drug charges. Check out some of this. In 2015, some 35% of all recorded drug-related deaths worldwide occurred in Asia. Dude, 35% of all recorded drug-related deaths worldwide were in Asia. So they have all these draconian laws and all these harsh, brutal laws to penalize you, and it's backfiring. They have, they lead the world and, and overdoses and shit. People are miserable. People are fucking miserable. So where do they want to go? And that, that's what this... Um, that's what this article is. It's a real article. Check this out. Instead of the unattainable aspiration of a drug-free society or a narrow vision of reducing drug markets, states gathering in Vienna next month should develop a more meaningful target that reflects inconvenient realities for such policies on the ground, such as paradigm shifts requires the participation of scholars, civil society groups, and people affected by the drug war. Fortunately, we can uh, find inspiring stories on the um, on the continent as well. South Korea's recent legislation of medical cannabis, for instance, can pave the way for rethinking the roles of drugs in society. So South Korea is probably one of the only countries over there. They just said, fuck it. We're going to 
we want to be, you know, like America anyways. So that's cool. That wasn't being unfair, was it? No. Don't they really want? I don't know. That was a bar- that was an arrogant statement. That was, but it's probably half true. It's probably true in some instances. Yeah. The dap where we speak some truth in instances. <laughs> some. Well, hey. either way. Hey, so what's I, up? I found that out, man. It's called hysteria. It's called hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, Jesus. So, remember we were talking about this uh, pill for sex story. Yeah. So, back in the 1800s, that's what they did. Oh. It was called hysteria. When when a a woman comes in sick, they would use a sex toy on them. The doctor would, and And they'd be cured, you know? Yeah. They would be, yes. I remember that. Yes. Hysteria. Not listeria. No. Hysteria. That's what's up, man. Maybe we need to bring back old times. (laughs) Maybe we need to bring some old doctors back and... Oh, man. Relieve these tense-ass people. Damn. Causing wars and shit. You would never walk straight, man. No. I'd go to the doctor all the time. (laughs) Hysterical, motherfucker. Hysterical. (laughs) Hysterical. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, man. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Episode 10. In the book.